My name is David Siegler, and welcome to my podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Property Sourcing Profits, the number one podcast for you. If you are sourcing deals, deal packaging, working with investors, charging fees, earning money out of other people investing in property. And this is a really, really cool episode. Uh, Let me explain what we're going to do for this uh, next 40 minutes or so, I suppose. During this week on the Progressive Property Forum in the Facebook group that is Progressive Property Forum, and uh, for everyone listening out there who is not a member of the Progressive Property Forum, I recommend very, very strongly that you, you apply. Go along, find the Progressive Property Community on Facebook, click the link, click Clink the link, click the link to join, and one of the lovely admin people will admit you. There's 25,000 people in there hungry for knowledge and property and uh, want to change their lives. So um, I put a post out during the week and uh, it generated quite a lot of answers. Uh, there was a, a lot of questions and answers that we generated. And I promised that I would go through them each individually in full and give you a full answer. It's very difficult to do it typing into a Facebook forum. So uh, that's what I'm going to do. I have with me my favourite, favourite assistant. Free free assistant. (laughs) Free assistant, absolutely. Very cost-effective leverage at this end. Who's going to assist me with the questions? She is my senior question reader. Her reading is really, really good. (laughs) Been reading for a long time, haven't you, Cheryl? Sadly, yes. Yes, the wonderful Cheryl Siegler is with me. So she's going to read the questions. I'm going to try and answer them. And then there's always, inevitably... Cheryl's going to come back in at some point, I'm sure, and edit my <laughs> answers. Oh, I wouldn't have said that. <laughs> okay, Cheryl, number one, top of the shop. Who is it? What does he What does he or she want? Right. Well, the first one is from Nigel Brompton. Hi, Nigel. And what Nigel says is it's agreeing a price or having offers accepted by the agent to then be able to package them. Interesting. <clears throat> so the... the the main post, the original post at the top of this uh, post was um, asking what Roblox questions, queries you would have. So Nigel's roadblock clearly is agreeing a price stroke, having offers accepted by the agent and then being able to package them. OK, so Nigel, I'm going to try and help. This is how I feel about it. This is what I see friends in the community day in, day out. Very similar question to that posed to me. And the answer, I believe, is I would not start from there. I wouldn't start from going out, talking to estate agents, looking at what you consider to be a deal, uh, but you haven't got anyone to sell it to. So what we need as deal sources, deal packages, what we need are two things to make our world go round. We need investors and we need deals. And... um, the focus of your question is mainly on the deals. Now, if I would, I would go so far as to say that the investor side of the business is the most important side of the business. So we talk about investors, we need investors, we need deals, we need deals, right? As if it was 50-50. I don't believe it's 50-50. I think if you've got investors ready to buy, that is probably 80-85% of the business. So 
If you do not know what your investors' criteria are when you go out and speak to a state agent, start doing viewings, start doing some numbers, uh, it can be on the face of it something that you think is a really, really good deal. But if you haven't got any investor criteria to match it up to, how do you know? How do you know if they're going to buy it? So, you know, it's like having two pots on the stove, bringing them to the boil. You need them to boil at the same time. So you need investors, you talk to your investors, you drill down, you get their criteria, what their hopes, goals, dreams, aspirations are by buying property, what their exit strategy is, how much money have they got? Are they going to buy in cash? Are they going to buy a mortgage? What, what are they trying to achieve? You need to know all of that, Nigel, and then go out and look for deals. And you don't have to have many investors. I would say for a business you might need two. Two qualified, committed investors. Now, you can do a deal with one investor. Absolutely you can. I get that. Uh, but what if the investor goes a bit flaky at the last minute or maybe something comes out of the woodwork during the qualification process and you didn't get it and so you know it doesn't quite tick all his or her boxes? At least then you've got a backup buyer that you can go to who may not have those issues and will buy your deal. So what am I saying? The answer to your question, Nigel, is do not agree a price. Do not put offers in and have them accepted until you know you've got an exit for the deal. Uh, because at that point, if you haven't got an investor, uh, it's all going to come to a, a standstill, right? What do you think, Shell? Absolutely. Good to have you on the team. Good girl. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Hope that helped, Nigel. Where are we going now? Who we got now? Right. The next one is from Elaine Ingram, and hers is getting a buyer for the deal. Yes. Well, it kind of leads on, doesn't it? it does. Yeah, I can see that this thread is very valuable because. And I've seen it, I've seen it so many times. You have to, if, if you take one thing from this episode, team, that you have to go and find people who want to buy your deals. That is the most important thing. So Elaine says, getting a buyer for the deal is her roadblock. Okay, Elaine, how are you trying to get a buyer? Now, there are many, many, many ways, okay? I would say the quickest way that I see today is by building yourself a profile online in the progressive community, on the Facebook forum, right? You've got to put yourself out there. And this, this is said with love, Elaine, but I haven't seen you out there telling people what you're doing, how, what your background is, even if it's not in property, right? You don't have to be really, really experienced in property, but they've got to see who you are. They've got to see that you're a good person, that you're honest, that you're hardworking, that you are committed to property now, whatever it was you were doing before, and that you're out there and you're busy. Talk about where you're working. Talk about your town. Talk about the numbers. Talk about what you perceive to be a really, really good deal. Right, get out there and uh, you can blog it. You don't have to do video. So why am I mentioning video? Because... Elaine, you will have seen friends in the community who do exactly what it is that I've just said for you to do. You know who they are. We all know who they are because we see them every day out there, smiley faces, six o'clock in the morning, uh, talking about what they do and how they do it. You, you need to become one of those. Now, it's a gradual progression. Maybe you're a bit nervous about doing 
video day one. Maybe you're a film star and you want to do it from day one, right? I mean, I don't know, Elaine. If you want to get there by baby steps, here's a good way to do it. Uh, first of all, you can write, right? You don't have to do video. You don't have to do live, Facebook Live. You can write. Blog your way. Talk about your journey. Talk about who you are. Talk about how you've gone from beginner to where you are now. Maybe you're just one step ahead of a beginner, total beginner. But that's cool because people in the community, they love to see that because they're in that place as well. So you will get empathy. They'll be attracted to you. And then uh, as you grow a little bit, talk about going to do some viewing. So maybe do a picture, not a video. A selfie of you outside your local estate agent so they can see the estate agent behind you. I'm just going in to find some deals, okay? That's what you write. You don't have to say that. And maybe the nice estate agent person would allow you to take another picture inside around the desk with some property details, you know, that you're looking through them and he or she are having a bit of a laugh, right? And it makes it look real. And it is real, right? Because we all have to start somewhere. So um, join the conversation that other deal packages are having on the forum. So put a little comment. Yes, this is exactly what I find. Yes, this is how I've done it. Yes, this is a roadblock that I've had, as you have on my post here. This is a roadblock that I have. So you build your personality, you build your credibility in the community, and people will be drawn to you. Now, at some point, Elaine, you're going to have to start using video. You are. It's just the way of the world. But you don't have to do it live to start with. You can record in the privacy of your own office, right? a 60-second video. Don't do it longer than that. People's attention span is not what it used to be. You know, Instagram, all that stuff. Okay, so 60 seconds is probably enough. Just talking about your town, who you are, where you're going, your property experience, your lack of property experience, your love of property, all that sort of stuff. Now, truth time. Are we in the triangle of trust here, Cheryl? I've got a I've got a confession to make to the crew. What do you think? <laughs> do you think I should? Okay. Um, the first ever ever sixty second video that I put out into the community took me an hour and a half. <laughs> it did. It was delete, delete, delete. Right, and I kept doing it and doing it and doing it. Now I don't worry. I just dive out there to click the live button. Doesn't even matter where I am in bed with a hat on, whatever. I've done all that stuff, okay? But I get it. At the beginning, that is possibly too stressful. So just start doing videos and then you will progress very quickly onto lives. So the answer in one sentence to your question, uh, Elaine, is you get a buyer for your deal by showing the buyer where you are and what you do. Full stop. Good answer, Cheryl. Anything sounds, to add? What no, do you think? No, sounds very good to me. Excellent. Who we got next, Cheryl? Uh, the next one is Tony Jackson. Yes. A very good question. A buyer or seller cutting you out of the deal. Cutting you out of the deal. Mm. Tony Jackson, what sort of people do you mix with? This is it's, it's unbelievable. That No, okay, truth time. Uh, this does happen. It does happen. It uh, can happen, doesn't happen all the time, probably doesn't happen as much people think it's going to happen. Uh, and once again, uh, we have to know the answer to this is that property is a people business. It's a people business. So your relationship with your investor has to be absolutely solid, right? And it's up to you to build that relationship. 
so that they trust you in your judgment and you trust them that they're going to pay. Okay, so let's deal with the buyer first. So if the invest is the investor going to cut you out of the deal? I don't think they are if you've had five, seven, nine, eleven meetings with them. You come to know them quite well before the point where they've turned around and said to you in words of one syllable, yes, yes, Tony, I want to work with you. I want you to go and build me a portfolio or find this property or whatever it is. At that point, Tony, you will already have explained to the investor that this is what you do for a living. This is this is a business. This is how you maintain yourself. So you will expect to be paid a fee. So let's talk about reservation fees. Should you charge a reservation fee in advance of finding a deal? Obviously, it would be fully refundable if you didn't actually find uh, a deal. So let's put some numbers on this. What if you're finding a single let and the market rate for finding a single let where you are working is about £5,000? If it's about £5,000, then I can see no reason why you shouldn't say at the very start, if the deal is going to worth, be worth £5,000, then I don't see why at the very start you shouldn't say to the investor, this is serious now, I'm going to go out and do some work for you. My terms and conditions are, and you will have terms and conditions, I hope, we'll talk about that. Terms and conditions are, at this point, Mr. Investor, will you transfer to me £1,500 towards my fee? And of course, I will take it off the total fee at the end of the transaction. Or if for any reason I find a property and um, you're not able to complete with it because of something wrong with the property, the legals, title, whatever, then of course I'll refund it to you. Now, it's your business model, Tony. If you want to work like that, then <clears throat> why wouldn't you work like that? Okay? I don't think that that's anything people, somebody could raise an objection to. At the very least, you should be in a position to take your fee when you are gone into the process, found a property, right? That's another milestone where you could ask for a reservation fee. We're, gonna, we're now going to put it into legals. Now is the time I need 1,500 quid reservation fee, right? And the balance taken at exchange of contracts. So why exchange of contracts? But Because that is when, in effect, in the real world, the investor would take ownership, in inverted commas, of the house. I know there's a completion to do, but at, at uh, exchange of contracts, everyone's committed. So to take £1,500 when you found the house and then the other three and a half grand at exchange, I, I think it's very acceptable, okay? So that deals with the buyer, the investor. How likely is it that a seller is going to cut you out of a deal. Well, the truth is it can happen, okay? It can happen. The seller is not committed to the sale right the way up until exchange of contracts. So right up until that day, the seller can ring up at any time and say, oh, I've changed my mind, I've had a better offer, whatever, okay? We've all had that. You will have that. That will happen, Tony. You can mitigate it if you're dealing with an estate agent by your relationship with the estate agent. Keep talking to everybody. We don't get paid until the deal's over the line. So it's not just a, a, a process of finding an investor and finding a deal. You've got to get them through legals. No one gets paid until we exchange. Um, I rely very heavily on estate agent friends to 
I rely very heavily on estate agent friends to qualify the quality of the vendor, right? Are they going to go through with the sale? Are they going to go flaky at the last minute? Once again, you've got to remember it's a people business. Is there a reason they need to sell the house? Are they really motivated to sell? You know, even if you're not um, securing a really below market value price, it doesn't mean they're not motivated to sell. You know, they've got to move for a job, for whatever, family reasons. So if the real motivation is there to sell the house, you'll probably be okay. Uh, if you haven't got the vendor really committed to selling the house, you need to know early. And your best friend is that is probably the estate agent. If you're direct to vendor, if you've done your direct to vendor marketing, direct mail, leaflets, whatever, then you're in a much better position to judge that yourself. So keep talking to the vendor or the estate agent who will then talk to their vendor all the way through the process to make it goes over the line. Um, it's it's not up <laughs> I've said this once in front of the wonderful Mark Homer, who I love and respect very dearly, but it made him laugh, right? And he disagreed with me. I think deal packaging is an art and not a science, right? Mark didn't agree with me. Okay. But the art of what we do, I believe, is in the people skills. So you have to manage the people. What do you think, Cheryl? Is that a fair answer? Fab. How are we going? Oh, we've got time for a few more. Where are we going now? Right. The next question is from John Wood. And John says, for him, it's finding and offering value in a deal that's packaged. Finding and offering value in a deal that's packaged. So that sounds like to me, Cheryl, that John's talking about he him being offered deals as a potential investor. Is that what he means? And he's looking for value in deal that packages have sent him to him? Or have I got that the wrong way around? I'm not sure. Finding and offering value in a deal that's packaged. So, John, I'm not sure who's doing the packaging here. If you are doing the packaging, right, then you can't <laughs> package it until you've found the value, okay? Well, no, you can't sell a bad deal. No one should sell a bad deal, right? So if you're offering deals that don't have value, that's not going to go very your, your time as a deal packager is going to be limited, I suspect. And that's why I don't think you mean that. I think you mean finding and offering value in a deal that's packaged to you, which is sort of a little criticism of the packages that you work with. Um, I think what you may be alluding to, and I'm adding two and two and making 17 here, but John, stay with me, okay? I think what you, you may be on a list. We're all on lists. I'm on lists. I see every day properties sent to me offering huge returns, at least 20% below market value. And when you drill down and have a good look at them and you do a bit of research, you, you see they're not 20% yeah. below market value. They're not very good quality deals. Um, they may even be on the market on right move. You can access them there without paying a deal packager just to send you a, a right move link, right? In those circumstances, John, what I would say to you is you're not dealing with proper, professionally trained uh, deal packages who've got a deal packaging business, okay? Um, as a deal packager, I know that, that I have to present the numbers fully crunched 
It has to give value to you, John, as my investor. It's got to be off market and we have control and we are direct to the vendor, even if we're going through an estate agent, right? So there's nobody in between. So I hope that helps. Um, some confusion at this end are exactly what your question means, but I've tried to cover all the bases there. What do you think, Cheryl? Yep. Who we got now? Uh, next one is Linda O'Rourke. Yeah. And Linda says, with a with a rent to um, service accommodation, yeah. how can I convince an agent to remove the property from the market as they have to reference the investor and without having an investor on hand, how can we secure the deal? Linda, I know Linda very well, right? I've worked with Linda for a little while. And uh, what I would say, Linda, you will remember the uh, TV show I'm going to allude to, because once again, the answer, Grasshopper, is in the question. Okay. Linda, you know this. We've had this conversation. We need an investor before we start looking for deals, right? Because you can go out and find something, rent to SA or any other model, right? And there's nothing wrong with sourcing rent to SA. I get it. Uh, there are plenty of people in our community who want to take on rent-to-rent, service accommodation opportunities because there's a margin there, and I completely respect that. But if you're going to package them, you've got to find out who they are before you start going looking and packaging them. And uh, in some respects, there's a, there's a duplication here with the answer that I gave to Elaine. So everything I said to Elaine um, you know, applies equally to you. So unless you've got three, four, six, nine investors who you've spoken to, who you've qualified, and when I say qualified, this is what I mean, they want to, uh, they want to buy your deals, right, and they have the money to do it. And they can be at all different levels. So rent to rent for service accommodation is not as big an investment as buying a property for service accommodation, right? But they've still got to have several thousand pounds available, to secure the rent-to-rent -rent deal with the landlord to furnish and to pay your deal packaging fees. So find you've got to put yourself out there and find investors who have got enough money to do that. And then I think this problem is going to go away because at that point, when the uh, estate agent or letting agent says to you uh, they can't remove the property from the market without having somebody to reference, you can give them the investor's name and details. And it's job done. What do you think, Cheryl? Well, I think it's the same answer, isn't it? That it is. To other questions, the starting point's got to be the investor. It is. And um, there are several questions here which sort of, they overlap. I don't think they're the same, but they do overlap. Sorry, right. overlap. And it's not a sorry thing, Cheryl. We're all in this together. There's no blame culture here. So I think uh, Linda knows the answer to that now. Who's the next one, Cheryl? Right, the next question, very short and sweet, is from Andrew Morris. And Andrew's point is marketing costs. Andrew, welcome. Um, marketing costs. Okay, so uh, marketing, we need, for a deal packaging business, we need investors and we need deals. And um, forgive me. You know, if I refer to earlier answers in this episode, right? This I'm not sending you somewhere else, Andrew. But the answers are I've kind of touched on in this episode. Okay, you do, you don't have to spend any money on marketing when you're standing at when you're setting out. Really, David? I thought we were all marketers now. Yes, we are. 
And as your business grows, then yes, you might apply some more money to marketing. But in the early days, talking about what you're doing uh, on Facebook, which is exactly the answer that I gave to Elaine earlier in this episode, and going through that process to build your profile so that people will come to you, and they will, and you can't tell me they won't, uh, Andrew, because I've taught people to do this and it's happened to them, right? Millions of pounds now. Millions of pounds in investor funds have been attracted by, just by, building your profile in the progressive community. I know, I know, but that's where the money is. So that's where you ought to put yourself out there. Marketing costs to attract property. Well, why don't we just use estate agents to start with, okay? I have never been charged any money for going into an estate agent's office. Have you, Cheryl? No. No one's ever asked you for some money for coming no. Morning, Mrs. Siegler. That'll be five pounds. You don't get that? <laughs> no, not once. Okay, cool. <laughs> and occasionally you get the op- optional extras. They might offer you a cup of tea. Yeah, you can cup use of coffee. Little, yeah, in the coffee for Biscuit. sure. Biscuit. <laughs> uh, well, we ought to take the biscuits. That is a really good comment, Cheryl, actually. Because if you're going into um, an estate agent, Monday to Friday in particular, but you know, we can any day with a Y in it, right? Take biscuits, Dunkin' Donuts. Quality street. All the tins are out for Christmas, as we recorded it, right? Four ninety nine, right? Go and sprinkle a handle full of roses around the office, right? It'll bring great joy. Okay, um, that's your marketing budget right there, Andrew. You know, four ninety nine in one of the big supermarkets, right? Um, you don't have to spend any marketing day one. You don't get a couple of deals under your belt, and then you can think about marketing. All the different marketing strategies. What do you think, Cheryl? Is that an answer? Yeah, I really do. Fab. Who's next? Uh, the next question is Andy and Naomi Hogan. Yep. Um, how to make that first step? It's a really good question. Uh, my own gold mine area is ripe for deals, and I can't get them all, but others may be interested. Oh, interesting, Andy. I, I know you don't put where your gold mine area is. Because all our friends, 25,000 friends in the progressive will be jumping in the car and running down there straight away. So uh, we don't know where it is. So let's have a look here. How to make that first step. My own gold mine area is ripe for deals. Cool. You can't buy them all, but others may be interested. Do you know what, Andy? I I, I really... Um, do you know what, Andy? I I really relate to that comment. Because if we go back a bit, Cheryl, before yeah. I started offering deals to others, yes, the reason I started offering deals right back at the beginning yes. was we ran out of deposits. Indeed, yeah. we, we were offered, we were shown so many good properties that we would have liked to have purchased. Yes, but at that time we were making sure we had all the deposits available, and, and we ran out of deposits. We ran out of deposits, so yeah. we didn't want to lose the contacts that we'd spent. No couple of years putting together you know really valuable content and if i'd said to um, our friends in oldham for instance right um oh great great property guys great uh, the thing is i've run out of cash probably won't be able to buy anything for a year now how would how do you think that would have gone well they, they were really nice people but you want to maintain your contacts all the time absolutely um it's very important yes so uh and the i i Understand where you're coming from, because that's how I started. Uh, so how to make the first step. Okay. Um, it's not difficult, right? Deal packaging is not difficult. It's very simple, okay? 
Your first step is to find investors. We've spoken about this in this episode. Go back to what I advised Elaine, and then um, I've spoken to Linda and John as well. I think about it. Have a listen to what I said to them about finding investors. That is your first step. Put yourself out there, Andy. My own goldmine area is right for deals. Your second step, therefore, is to encourage your relationship with local estate agents and make sure the deals that you find match the criteria of your investors. Because you might think it's a deal, but, you know, I've got a, I'm sitting here with a really, you know, thick-skinned, hard-nosed property investor, aren't you, Cheryl? Yes. Yes. <laughs> And uh, the Mrs. S criteria might be a bit of a challenge for you, Andy. So, um, you know, make sure that what you think are deals are actually deals. Uh, So you go and say, I can't get them all, but others may be interested. Well, if they're what you say they are, they will be interested and you can monetize them. So this this is genius, Andy, because you're out looking for your own deals. They don't meet your criteria. It doesn't mean that they won't meet someone else's criteria. And uh, you can monetize because you're doing the work, right? You're doing the, you're going out and doing the viewings. You're doing your research on right move, whatever. Um, you're crunching the numbers, right? And you're deciding it doesn't quite meet your criteria. It might be slightly out of area, whatever. Okay, sell them. Sell them to somebody else if it's a deal, right? If it's a deal. Hope that helps, Andy. Hope that helps. How are we doing, Chip? We we've still got loads of questions. I think what we'll do is we'll keep going, right? But at some point, maybe we might have to come back and finish this in another episode. Yeah, we might. We might because loads. loads. More yeah, I've just loads, I've just had a look at that. More. Okay, cool. Um, I'm not sure there's a question there. No, I think the question's there. What's the next one? Uh, the next one is from Nick Deberry, and Nick asks, "Build it for him. It's building an investor list, and that's his focus at the minute." <coughs> Absolutely, Nick. Building the investor list is at the heart of your business. Um, I've said it two or three times already on this episode, Cheryl. What do you think? I can't repeat it again, can I? Uh, But building your investor list, how do you do it? Put yourself out there, right? Get them to register with you. If you have a website, if you you don't even need a website, really. Uh, If you have a Podio or any CRM uh, grab page, you know, then uh, you can direct them to your podio. Podio will scoop it up and put them in the list for you. It does it all for you. Listen to me talking about all this technical <laughs> stuff, Cheryl. I know. Yeah. We, I used to look, we used to buy holidays off CFAX years ago. <laughs> but you also put yourself out physically. Yes. To meetings, put yourself out there as well as. Um, yes. So the face to face thing? Yeah. Very important. So you know, Cheryl, because you were there, yeah. that um, I didn't have a Facebook account. Or I didn't have any, didn't do any um, social media at, stuff. At the beginning. 2014, 2015, till yeah. I came to Progressive, right? Um, but before that, we did it all face-to-face. Absolutely. There was, I must have had a 1,000 cups of coffee. You know? Not all <laughs> on the same day, obviously. meeting people face-to-face. Yes. So network events. Network events, property network events, business network events, face to face. They're usually in the evening or at six o'clock in the morning. You like those, Cheryl, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They're usually in the evening. So you've been at work all day. You're tired. You're hungry. You want your dinner. You're fed up. It's winter. It's dark. It's 
Am I building? Am I building the picture here, Cheryl? Making it sound very miserable. You are, but it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> You might have to travel, you know, you might have to get on a train or get in a car, right? The thing is, you have to go. You have to go, Nick, right? Show your face. I'm looking at your profile picture. Very attractive man, Nick. You should have no problem attracting investors to you uh, so that they can invest in uh, your deals. I know you say that is your focus at the minute. Great. Tell everyone how you're getting on in the community. So it's an idea for a post. In fact, you probably get five or six out of this. The travails, the agonies, the triumphs of building an investor list. When is an investor an investor? When are they not? When do they mess you about? Um, At what point do you actually qualify them? What do you say to them? Do you do it on the phone? Do you do it face-to-face? Nick, there's a whole load of stuff here you can talk about, sourcing and finding investors. I hope that helps. Think I covered that, Cheryl? Yeah. Where are we going now? Right, the next question is from um, Marcus Chapman. Marcus Chapman is a friend, Cheryl. I know Marcus. Um, so it, it says building a qualified, in capital letters, qualified investor list. Yes. I have around 10 potential investors. However, only one is qualified at present and a few who want no money down deals. Right. Okay. Here's the truth, Marcus. Truth time. I know you don't mind the truth. I think you've only got one investor on your investor list at the moment because if they're not qualified, they are not investors. They're just people who you've spoken to. Okay. And um, the few that want no money down deals. When is a no money down investor an investor and when are they not? Because what they're saying to you is they haven't got any money, Marcus, which is cool because, you know, we don't all we all start from somewhere, right? And I mean, in no sense, undermining our no money down friends, right? People who do all that stuff. It's cool, okay? But as a deal packager, it's not much help to you because if you're going to find them rent to rent, if you're going to find them with lease op- uh, lease option, bolt-ons, uh, opportunities for assisted sales, et cetera, et cetera, they're going to have to have some money and they're going to have to pay you for your services. So... um the few that want no money down deals, and the one who you ha- and, and the nine out of the ten that you haven't qualified, you've got to have that conversation with them, Marcus. You ne- you need answers to these questions. Do you want to work with me? Are you going to pay me for my service? Right. If I find you what you say you want, want, are you going to proceed with it, or are you going to mess me about? Now, I will put it in more restrained language. I get it. Right, but those are the three questions. Okay, do you want to work with me? Are you going to pay me? If I find what you say, what you say you're looking for, are you going to move forward with it? Those that you need those answers so elegantly, because I know you're very elegant, Marcus. Elegantly put that to them and see if uh, you can seal the deal. Cool. Uh, let's move on, Cheryl. Who we got next? Right. Yeah. We've got Anna. Anna. I hope you're going to help me with the other bit. <laughs> Anna, we love you, Anna, but we're struggling here. Wanna, Wanna, Anna Winiarchik? Sounds right to me. Anna Winiarchik. Okay, I apologise profusely. That was my best effort, Anna, if I've got it wrong. Maybe you'll give me some feedback on that. Uh, That'd be cool. So, Anna's question, Cheryl. What's Anna's question? Uh, Anna's question is how she can convince an agent to remove a property from the market without having an investor. How can she secure the deal? How do you secure the deal without an investor? 
Okay, somewhere in the mix there has to be an investor, Anna, or why are you taking the property off the market? Why are you getting them to secure the deal? So you have to be. So I ha- I, there has to be an investor somewhere, right? You can't just do it in thin air. Um, so I know the accepted wisdom, right, in the community is if the deal's good enough, the money will come, right? I've heard that many, many times. Um, honestly, triangle of trust, show triangle of trust here. In my world, in my property business, I've not seen that. What I've seen is you get the money first and then the deals come. That's what I've seen, okay? So it may well be that a deal is so compelling that um, you know basically any property person you show it to will buy it, um, but I wouldn't build a business based on that. So everything I said earlier in this episode to Elaine applies to you and others, right? Uh, Marcus and Linda and whoever else it was, right? Don't, don't go through the pain of convincing an agent to remove your property from the market without having an investor, right? Um, there is one, one uh, caveat to that, one occasion when I might do it, okay? And I have done it in my own name in the past, but I want to make, got to be really careful with this. So to get the market, get the house off the market, I will have given the estate agent my details, my address, my solicitor's stuff, my proof of funds. Um, And there's two things that we need to clarify here. First of all, when I've done that, I have known full well, 100% confident that I have investors in place to buy that property. I might have two or three in my head, I haven't said it out loud, that I know will buy that house. So I'm very, very confident on the numbers I can place that deal. The other thing is my relationship with the estate agent. It's people business, right? It's about people. The estate agent knows that I am not going to buy that house, even though I've given them all my details. So they take my details and they're going through the process with me, but they know that it's going to be an investor purchase. And they know that at some point before exchange of contracts, my solicitor, who will then be acting for the investor, it's going to ring the other side solicitor and say something like, oh, we're due to exchange on Friday, because uh, it usually does come late in the process. Mr. Siegler won't be proceeding, but his good friend, whoever it is, is going to go ahead. At that point, it's unlikely the other side are going to say, no, I won't work with Mr. X or Mrs. Y. Right, it has to be David Siegler. No, they won't say that. Okay. Um, but I know that they're there. And that is probably the process. Now, you've got to be experienced and confident uh, to do that. You've got to know, without a shadow of a doubt, you're going to place that deal. Otherwise, next time the estate agent's going to rise and raise an eyebrow and probably not work with you. Um, if you're just starting out, that's probably too much of a shout. So, Anna, the answer to you is the same answer that I gave to Linda and Elaine and several other people. Go and find the people that want to buy in your area, want to buy from you, want to work with you, want a business relationship with you, and will pay you for your fee. I think that's really, really important. Is that an answer, Shell? What do you yes, think? Yes, it is. Cool. Let's do another one. Who we got now? Right. The next person is Gabor Balog. Gabor. I know Gabor online, um, face-to-face. Have we said hello, Gabor? Forgive me if we have. Um, Gabor says, the only thing I'm worried about is my English speaking skills. 
As Sam Spencer said in your podcast, speaking skills to both vendors and investors are essential. I don't speak fluently English as I'm Hungarian. My level is upper intermediate according to an official test. And what do, he wants to know, what do you think about it? Does he have a chance in this game? Oh, wow. Uh, Gable, absolutely you have a chance in the game. And um, as Karen commented on your post, um, I've got the printout of, of the, po- the original post, which prompted this podcast episode. Um, your written English is, is excellent, okay? So there's nothing wrong with your English. Now, um, saying it with a Hungarian accent, you know, you ought to develop that, Gable, because it might be quite attractive to investors, right? It might be something you, you want to see. You might be able to attract a particular – you might have success in a particular niche market of investors that might be drawn to you for whatever reason. Um, you seem able to express yourself pretty clearly here. I think it's part of your USP. It's part of who you are uh, that you've assume at some point come from Hungary, that you're working here, that property and the United Kingdom together, um, you're working in it to change your life. I, I don't think you should give it a second thought, Gabriel. I think you will express yourself very clearly. Everyone will understand what you want. Um, don't, don't let it niggle away in the back of the heart, uh, back of your mind. And, um, cause doubt and fear to creep in now what sam spencer's meant when he said speaking skills with both the vendors and investors are essential what he meant was what you say not how you say it right so the scripts that you share with your vendor or your investor right in order to qualify them in order to make sure that they are uh, going to work with you and the thing's going to move forward now you know on an intellectual basis, Gable, this is easy for you, right, to understand the scripts. And like everyone, if I spoke with a Hungarian accent or not, or any sort of accent, I haven't got an accent, have I, Cheryl? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise I had an accent until you I went... The Sussex accent. Well, until I went to Manchester, I didn't know I had that. I thought this is how everyone spoke. Right, OK. No. So we all speak with a, an accent, Gable, right? But what you need to do is practice the scripts, okay? So your script for meeting an investor, what do you say? What do you say, okay? Maybe the episode, uh, maybe another podcast episode for that. Um, dealing with estate agents, day one. First time you walk into a new estate agent, what do you say? If you, if you know what to say, the way you say it is immaterial. Please don't worry about it. Okay, Cheryl, I'm, in a, I'm on the horns here, on the horns of a dilemma, Okay, because um, we've got more questions. Yes, we have. But we, we've been running a fair amount of time. We have, and, and I can see the next question is one that's going to take quite a lot of answering, I think. Okay, that's cool, yes. So that's about compliance, yes, basically. Yes, so I think there's quite a lot of detail. Okay, so what I'm going to do, I'll tell you what I'm going to propose, Cheryl, I'm going to propose it to everyone who's listening, okay, but I want your view on this. Um, what we've recorded here... Is a podcast episode will go out as a podcast. Right. What I may well do is we've done about half the questions, just roughly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, what I'll do is I'll take the other half, and what I'll do is uh, probably have to do it solo because I'm going on the road, as you yes, know, to Peterborough. Um, I'll do it. I'll take all the questions on in a Facebook Live, which I'll broadcast in the Progressive Community. The other questions. Yes. And then I, I will 
use a recording of that for a further podcast episode yeah. so that friends can refer back to it and yeah. double double check. I think that's only fair because there's quite a lot of other questions there. <clears throat> yes, and I don't wanna I don't wanna rush this. So you asked, we answered. I've tried. I've tried to move aside the roadblocks to get you moving forward on your property deal packaging uh, journey. I hope this has helped. Have a listen. Give me your feedback. Send me some messages. Post in the community that you listened to this episode and um, it was really, really helpful and hopefully changed someone's life. Cheryl, what do you think? I hope so. Well, possibly yours. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Who knows? Um, all I would say is, whatever it is you're going to do, just go and do something. Take some activity. Put yourself out there. Find all the deals. We're going to sell all of them. It's going to be great. Thank you for listening. I am David Siegler. See you on the next episode.